The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Isaiah 1-3 Hi, this is Pastor Jason from Christian Life Church in Waverly, New York. Welcome to Master's Crib, a weekly podcast where we interview pastors and leaders about the biblical teaching of authority. This program is designed to go alongside a personal Bible study aimed towards spiritual growth, biblical understanding, and a Christian worldview. Thanks for tuning in. Today on episode three, we have Pastor Frank Wasilewski, Senior Pastor of the Talmadge Gospel Chapel in Waverly, New York. Pastor Frank, welcome to the Master's Crib. Thank you for having me. I hope everybody's doing well, and once again, thank you, Pastor Jason, for doing this. Yeah, very, very excited. Very excited. So I uh, just want to take a couple minutes, as as we always do, and um, I just want to ask you a couple questions just about you so uh, and about your ministry at, uh, at Talmadge Gospel Chapel. So when did you become the pastor there? Um, 2011. Okay. So it's been nine years. Um, it was... I think it was in it was August of 2011. I became the senior pastor. And how long has that church been around? Oh, uh, it came about in the 50s. Don't ask me the exact year. Yeah, yeah gotcha. <laughs> it's, gotcha. It's been around since around the. 50s. Cool. So, what is the mission of the Talmadge Gospel Chapel? Um, our our official mission is that you know we believe in the the. Uh, verbal inspiration of the Bible. We believe in the deity of Jesus Christ, the virgin birth, the, the blood atonement and um, the resurrection and the um, personal, visible and bodily return of Jesus Christ to this earth. Mm. Um, we believe in the, we're a non-denominational church. Um, we believe that the word of God is the undisputed word of God, that the Bible is the undisputed word of God. Mm. Mm. I always, um, it always comes to mind whenever I'm, I'm thinking of all these different churches, that there's always a couple things that a church does particularly well, not patting themselves on the back, but there's just one ministry that, uh, that every church is like, you know, I, this, this is what we got going on. We really have this down. What, what is yours up there? Honestly, I would say prayer. Awesome. Um, we're, we're very big into we're very big into prayer prayer service. Um, we do um, twice a year, although this year might get pushed back because of this COVID nineteen. We do a twenty four hour day of prayer where there's someone at the church. Um, we usually split it up in hour increments. There's somebody at the church for twenty four hours praying for um, not only the prayer requests of the church, but for the nation, the country, the community, the state. Um, we're very big into um, into prayer. Awesome, awesome. So, when uh, I take a step back and um, and I'm looking at the ministries you have going on, a couple unique things always stand out to me about the Talmadge Gospel Chapel. One is uh, you guys always have just a rocking vacation Bible school. I mean, that is just <laughs> awesome. And I just love the hearts of all of your people. They just really pour themselves into this. And I know the structure changed a little bit this past year, but it's still just so full. And my kids always look forward to going up there. So that's just something really awesome you guys have going on. 
We love PBS. Um, I think reaching the children are, is very important. And it's a very important ministry. Um, I always think back to the, the story of D.L. Moody when he was out evangelizing and someone asked him, well, did anybody, did you save anybody today? And he said, yeah, I saved three and a half people. And they said, oh, three adults and one children. He said, no, three children and one adult. <laughs> children have more life left. Oh, that's and awesome. He, that's awesome. And coming up right around the corner, um, just this week, you guys have your sunrise service. And there are not really a whole lot of churches out there that are still doing a true sunrise service. And that's something, I mean, how long has that been going on up there? Um, as long as I can remember. Um, I I don't know when we did the first one, but I know ever since I was a little kid, um, we've been doing them. Um, this year will be a little bit different because usually we put a stage out in front of the church. We do it outside. Um, this year, because we want to put it up on, um, we've been doing our services on Facebook Live mm. in the last couple of weeks. And this year, because we want to do that, it's hard to film and also catch all the audio mm. if we have it outside. So we're going to be doing it from the inside, but other than that, everything's staying the same. Gotcha. Um, and for the first year, we won't be doing, because usually afterwards we do sweet rolls and coffee. We won't be doing that just to, oh, man. to adhere to <laughs> social distancing. <laughs> yeah. We always have, um, well, we have the past three years, we've done a, a Seder here, and uh, we always have a kid's Easter egg hunt. We always have cinnamon rolls during the Easter egg hunt, and so everybody's kind of bummed that we're not uh, we're not doing that this yeah. year either. But uh, but let's just take a couple minutes, you and I, and, and tear into God's Word. So um, we have uh, actually an Easter passage that we're going to be discussing, you and I, um, from John 19, 1 through 11. I just want to read that. Um, it says, yep. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, you will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. So just talk a couple of minutes about the authority of, of Pontius Pilate. Sure. Um, I, I think we first, you know, we have to, Realize that Pilate, Pilate was the governor of Ju Judah um, under the Roman Empire. He, you could almost see him as a nowadays politician. He, um, he had the power and the authority to proclaim someone innocent or guilty, mm. but he also was there to place to actually obey the law. Mm. And, and, but 
we could feel these verses, you know, right at the beginning when he had Jesus um, flogged and, and, and beaten and, and put the robe on him and the crown and, and basically in attempts to humiliate him. He himself knew that Jesus didn't break any laws. Mm. So he, what he tried to do was basically appease the, the, the Jewish leaders, you know. He tried to play that middle road. Hmm. He at the same time, though, then the Jewish leaders came to him, and, and they, you know, and they told him they wanted him crucified, and they said because of blasphemy, because he says he's the son of God, and that brings a couple other different points here. It shows his authority, um, if we really look into it, because this shows his fear, and not fear of doing what's right or wrong but fear of losing his authority. Wow. He was afraid that these Jewish leaders might send some, uh, a letter or something back to Rome and he could be taken you know, off his, his governorship. Wow. There's also another fear here because he's a Roman. Um, Pontius Pilate was a Roman. He was in the pagan religion and they really believed that there were gods walking amongst them as men. So when the Roman or the Jewish leader said, he says he's the son of God. In the back of, you know, Pilate's head thinking, well, he could be one of the gods. Wow. So that's why he went back to basically interrogate him or question him again, because he wanted to make sure he wasn't sentencing a God. Wow. But he wasn't looking at as the son of God. He was looking at it as one of the gods. And also, you got to remember also at this time, if you go back to um, Matthew chapter 27, um, hold on just one second. But if you go back to Matthew chapter 27, verse 19, you see that his wife came and, and told him, you know, not to find this man guilty because she had a dream. So he's got all these things coming at him. He has no idea what to do. Why? Jesus told him why. Because he don't really have the true authority. Ah. Okay. So in in chapter, in uh, Matthew 27, 19, it says, When he sat down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. She had a dream that he was a just man and that he should have nothing to do with it. But he he didn't have that option. Mm. He was, you know, and not to make Pilate out to be an innocent man because he wasn't. But he didn't really have that option because of the fear of losing his authority. See, we see that a lot in politicians nowadays. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know, a lot of times politicians don't go by what's right or what's wrong, but they go by the poll numbers. Mm. What way is the power. wind blowing? Yeah, keep that power, keep that authority. Yep. Yep. Wow. And that's sort of what, what he was doing there. So already you just you just walked right into the sovereignty of God all over the place. I mean, there's there's no way to avoid it. I mean, just with what you're saying, I mean, even the fact that that Pilate's wife is having these dreams, 
is evident of the fact, um, not only of God's sovereignty, but of God's hand in human affairs, right? Absolutely. Um, the thing about God's sovereignty is, see, God's the complete opposite of Pilate. God doesn't care what the, what the polls say, in other words, mm. you know, sort of, to put it in today's words. He doesn't care which way the wind's blowing. He does it in a just, righteous way. Wow. He has a plan, and he's going to do that plan. Um, it, what's amazing is, is he can use people, and I'm probably going to jump around some other questions of ours, but he can <laughs> use people that don't even know they're being used. Ah. Like the pilot. He didn't know he was being used, but certain things had to be done to fulfill prophecy, right? Jesus had to be beaten. He had, you know, because it said so. And he had to be beaten. He had to be broken. He had to, he had to go through these trials. Um, it, it's amazing when we look back at it. They say, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. We look back at it, and Jesus' crucifixion was done at the perfect time. With the Roman rule, even with... Um, Pilate being there, um, it, it was done at the perfect time. Any other time, like if you, you know, if, let's put it in today. If it was going to happen today, well, they would have to go through not just one person, but they'd have to go through the courts, then uh, probably up to the Supreme Court. They'd have to go, you know, different things like that. But God used Pilate. Not to say Pilate was, you know, because I'm not saying Pilate was a Christian because I don't, Pilate didn't want to be used. But with God's sovereignty over everything, he can use anything. That is so good. That's so good. That literally, like, <laughs> exactly what you're saying there. That's already talking about our next point, creation's uh, relationship <laughs> and submission to God's authority. I mean, when, when God says something, it's, it's not like uh, it's not going to happen. You know, God's will is God's will and God's will be done. So that is just, uh, it's awesome. Like looking back through this passage now, and um, we have the ability to see all of the, uh, the laws and all of the, excuse me, the bits of law and the prophecies that were all being fulfilled at this time. And like you said, Pilate didn't even know he was being used. And no. you think about all the other men throughout, throughout the history of scripture, uh, Nebuchadnezzar didn't know he was being used. You know, he had no clue at all. And here we are with this, uh, this official leader in fear of losing his authority, doing everything he can to hold on to that authority. And we see that God is using that. He's still in control. And I think that's an amazing message for people to hear uh, today. Today. Yeah. yeah. COVID because going on. even with what's going on today um, with, with this COVID virus is it's, you know, we've never seen anything this bad. But if we look at like the bad times of history, we can also coincide that with a lot of movement, a lot of um, work on God's part. Mm. You look back to uh, World War II, and we can't think of anything worse than the Holocaust with the, with the Germans. But, you know, through that, the state of Israel came about. Mm. So, you know, there's there's different things that fit into God's plan. And a lot of times it, it, it ends up working out during the worst times. Wow. Not to say that the worst times were made by God, but he can use them. Absolutely. My my wife and I were just discussing this uh, like three weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago. We were praying since November for the um, Iranian 
uh, leaders um, because uh, they had taken a bunch of Christians and put them into prison, and they were so afraid of COVID. The first Monday, they released 70,000 people. Wednesday, they released 54,000 <laughs> nope. people. These are Christians, not all Christians, but Christians in there that never would have been able to be out of prison. If they die now, they're dying out of captivity. You know, even yep. if COVID takes their lives, they're dying free people. And we were praying for them to be released. And here God has used this to release these people. It's just amazing how his hand is working. I, you know, I don't know if we're getting, if I'm getting off the subject or not. If so, you can rein me back in. But even, you know, talking to you earlier and, and also looking at my ministry recently, um, a lot of churches are, are, are almost forced to go out on the web or, or do these things like we're doing tonight mm -hmm. and, and put them out over there. And you're reaching more people than you would have in your church. Mm -hmm. you, you told me that, that through this, you're reaching more people. And, and I know with my Facebook live, I've gotten um, comments from people. I don't even know. <laughs> and I don't know how they got it, but they got it. You know, somebody shared it, somebody else shared it and, and, and they watched it and, you could see God moving in that way. It's something I never would have done normally. I never would have done Facebook Live for a service normally. So, so you know, you could see things like that working, and, and the only explanation is God. That's, and, and, and we, we say that, you know, especially as pastors, we say, oh, well, well God is in control. And now it's like, it's, it's right here in front of you. Like God is making yeah. stuff happen. God, it's the same thing as, I see this as the same thing as Acts 8.1, where the church is being persecuted. Uh, so then they've been pushed out into other areas. Now we may not being, per we're not being persecuted, all right, but we aren't allowed to meet as usual. So we are being forced out of our building through the internet and now we're reaching places that we never would have even tried. I mean, you and I maybe never would have tried to reach out to before. I know there are other people yeah. doing it, but like you said, you have people you never even heard of that are listening now. That's the hand of God. That's so amazing. You know, it's so easy to, to, to say, woe is me. We can't do this. I can't do that like we normally do. But sometimes you got to stop, take a look back and say, you know what? Maybe there's a reason and, and, and maybe mm. this is working out better. I mean, I would prefer to have people in my congregation, in my church, <laughs> to talk to them because usually I'm standing up there talking to four people. And, <laughs> and uh. it's a little bit harder then. But, you know, God, I, I still think we have to have that faith and know that God is in control mm. and that, that God's word is going to go out there. Mm. Whether we got people in the pews or we're talking into our, you know, laptops or, um, notepads or phones that God can use it and to go to you know you had that um creations relationship to God and I'm, I might have taken that a different way but I was looking at you know creation towards God and said God because you know we've been talking a lot about God's hand in in humankind mm -hmm. and, and how God can make things move but you know as far as his creation their side our side because we're his creation Mm. Um, nature, nature has always been under his will. Mm. You know what I mean? That nature will do what God tells it to do mm. because God can control nature. Man, man uh, oftentimes, you know, battles against God's will. Mm. And, and we're, you know, we're born that way. We're rebellious people. Um, but either way, either way, whether... You know, it, 
as Christians, we should conform to his will. And as sinners, we rebel against his will. But either way, we got to understand, we're not going to stop God's God's plan or God's will. Uh, his will is still going to be done. So um, what we do do is we stop our blessings mm, when we rebel. Mm, but, wow. That is that is hard. You know, you just you just pretty much gave a commercial for this whole podcast. You're talking about how <laughs> nature nature knows how to bow to God's authority, yeah. and we're rebels. And you know, the ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's yep. crib. You know, here the donkey knows what to do, and the ox knows what to do, and and we're like, no, I'm the boss. You know, <laughs> I, yeah. I say this, I say this because I, I as I you know, right? Not everybody on this um, podcast knows. Um, I also drive school bus, and I we were talking about this earlier. And I can tell my kids if I had a bus full of, of dogs, I could tell them to sit and they'll stay seated. But with the kids, I tell them to sit and they keep standing up, <laughs> and that's us in just a little, you know, in, in a little sample. With God, God can tell nature, God can tell the animal to do this, and the animal does it. He tells us because we have that free will to do it, and we say, "No, I got a better plan." Mm. Sad thing is that sometimes we still do that after we, we, you know, we become Christians and we become saved. We still do that. And it, it's a learning experience and it's a daily, it's a daily fight wow. because, you know, we have to, as the Bible says, die to self. Mm. Our self wants to do our own thing, mm. but we need to die to self and do God's will. Wow. And that is really, that is really, really powerful. And, you know, we're, we're talking about, uh, we're, we're kind of walking right into the cultural implications. So, um, you know, God is sovereignly ruling. We've, we've already established that. The triune God is sovereignly ruling. And um, we talked a little bit about uh, leadership and about Pontius Pilate being a ruler. So I'm um, bringing that into, into today and bringing that into our modern situation that we have going on. How do you see a rejection of his authority with regard to those that he has is placed in authority. I like how you put that question because um, just before I answer it, I'm gonna, um, I like how you put that question because we have to keep and continue to remember that everybody who has been placed in authority has been put there by God. I mean, even even Jesus told um, Pilate that mm. you know um, he said, "Thou couldst have no power at all against me except that we're given to thee from above." Mm. And everybody in power has that power because God allowed them to have that power. Mm. Um, but yeah, we do see a lot of rejection. I mean, there's there's laws out there, and I'm not going to go into all of the laws, but there's laws out there that go against God's word, and I think you know most of us know what they are. Mm. Um, and it, it can frustrate us as believers. We we look at these laws and we look at um, different things. And it can frustrate us as believers because it's God's law. Why are you going against it? You know? Right, right. But we still have to have the respect for for who God put in control. Mm. We need to have control over um, or actually have control over our own life. And the way to do that is to give up that control to God. Mm. that's the only way we can have that control um yeah it does for us i mean if in a perfect world every leader every 
every mayor, every governor, every um, congressman would be a Christian and, and would look to God for the answers before they do anything. But um, we're not in that world yet. Mm. And we won't be until Christ comes again. Um, we're not in that world yet. So, mm. But we still have to we still have to obey the authorities until we can't. Right. You know, there's there's a certain time when we can't when it when it goes against the word of God. Absolutely. And, but um, I'm not sure if I answered that question. No, that, that's, that's great. That's great. So you see, then generally, you see authority as a problem for our culture. I. Um, that's a tough question because. Um, Worldly authority, or, or, or like um, we discussed with with Pilate, um, yeah, um, it can be you know it, it can be bad. We've seen leaders, we've you know we've known dictators and, and different things where it can be bad, um, but we still have to follow the authority until um, biblically we can't. Like I said before. Um, So now, when you see, when you see the church, I mean, obviously, we we are God's messengers. I mean, the, mm -hmm. the, not just the pastor. I mean, every single every single member of a congregation, we're all messengers. We're all called in this great commission together. So, do you see uh, that we have a role together? That this this church body does all the universal church together in carrying out the full teaching of of God's word on authority. Do you see that uh, that we are supposed to be doing that, or you know, are we doing okay with that? How would you say we're we're taking care of this? No, we we do have a role. Like I said, um, we need to follow authority until we biblically can't. We still have to stand up. We have to stand up for certain things. I, you know, um, there used to be prayer and Bible in school. We should still stand up for that. Mm. Um, we still should stand up for our rights to get together, to, to, to have a meeting. Because um, when you stop doing that, it, that's when it gets taken away from you. Um, we, what we have to do, our main thing that we have to do as a church, though, is we need to show the world that there is a different way. Right now, um, when you say authority or leaders, people automatically jump to, in this country, automatically jump to like politicians. And Absolutely. Well, Washington's a mess, okay? And, but that's the way it always, mm. you know, that's what people say. Um, we need to show them that there's a different way. We have, you know, the Bible gives us a different way to be um, leaders, to have authority. Um, and it's completely opposite of the way the world sees authority. Wow. Because we had the example of Jesus Christ. Mm. And what did he say? He came to serve. Mm. He also said, you know, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. If you want to follow me, you must serve. Mm. Well, that so, is so powerful. You know, the, the authority in the biblical sense that we need to show is really service. Hmm. We need to be there for people. We need to show them, um, to serve them, to teach them, and most importantly, to show them love. Hmm. It doesn't matter. And another thing that I always I like to bring up a lot is that, you know, remember, God is no respecter of people. 
and we should be the same way. That doesn't mean we don't respect people. That is not what that saying means. What it means is it doesn't matter who you are. I'm going to love you the same way. Mm. I'm going to I'm going to serve you the same way. And I'm going to talk to you the same way. I'm going to teach you the same way. It doesn't matter if you're the president or if um, you're jobless. It doesn't matter what um, nationality you are, what race you are. Um, it does not matter anything. I'm still going to show you the love and the grace of God. Wow. That's and so and that's, that's what we need to do as leaders. And I think if the church shows that more, um, I think the people will see the difference. Mm-hmm. And that'll give people a, a, an option. Right now, you know, if the church acts the same as the world, there really is no options. So I, I see you taking this, uh, I, I'm hearing you, I see you taking this down to like individual responsibility here. Where like, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I, well, I think, um, not to cut in here, but I, I think when you talk to the church, about the church, it's not only, you know, it's definitely not the little building up on Thomas Hill or, or your church down there. Mm. It, it's not even, you know, you got to go deeper than just the global church. Mm. You got to go to the individual person. Because we all need to do that. Mm. Um, if we start to do it um, in our own lives, then it's going to spread throughout the church. But it, yeah, I, it, um, hopefully that's that answered that question. No, that's that's so good. So <laughs> I, I just I get off on a tangent, and I apologize. No, no, no. That's that's so good. It's so good. So. Now I just uh, I'm very very grateful for this conversation. I'm really grateful that uh, that, that you're willing to do this, and I just want to give you an opportunity for uh, all those that are listening. Some of them we know, some of them we don't. If they want to find out more about Pastor Frank and the ministry of Talmadge Gospel Chapel, how can they do that? Well, there's not much to know about me, but <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if you want to find out about the church, the best place right now would be um, the Talmadge Gospel Chapel. Um, Facebook page. And that's you could type in Tom and Chill Gospel Chapel, and, it, and the Facebook page should pop up, and it'll have our it has our times on there that we're serving uh, or that we're having service. Um, plus, it will have you can go through the videos and you can see our um, Facebook lives. They hold on to them, I think, for ninety days. So um, they would have our past ones of those as well. Or it also has my phone number and email address on that. And you can feel free to call me if you have any questions or just need to talk. Um, I have, as we all do, a lot of time on my hands right now, (laughs) other than studying and praying, because that's about all I spend my days doing right now. (laughs) All right. Well, (laughs) I just want to say thank you very much. Thank you for coming on. and, uh, And I will be praying for your ministry. Thank you. And I'll pray for yours as well, Pastor Jason. Thank you. Thank you.